When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talking Knicks. We got an exciting week of Knicks basketball. Knicks went 2-1 and one this week. Uh, I'm joined by some great co-hosts, Big Baby David, my brother Kenny, my friend Tom. Let's talk Knicks. All right. So let's, before we get into the, the Knicks... We got to talk about how how we're all doing. Last week, I forgot to do the how are yous until the middle of the podcast, which I, I think that added to the podcast last week. We needed we need something to keep the viewers interested. Yeah, I think that it worked. And then we talked about Chipotle and whatnot. We barely even talked about the Knicks last week, but this week, Knicks were over five hundred. So we'll be talking about the Knicks a lot. So Big Davey David, how's your weekend? What have you been up to? I haven't seen you in a minute. Uh, I'm just doing okay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Any any uh, weekend projects? Uh, I worked a basketball tournament today and again tomorrow. So there's a little weekend project. My neighbors are getting a little mad for playing my jazz too loud. <laughs> Such yeah, a jazz it's- head. It's funny every time. For for those who have no idea what we're talking about, which I assume is most of you, <laughs> uh, there's an episode of a show called The Characters on Netflix. And there's a Tim Robinson episode. It's worth watching. It's like I Think You Should Leave, which is what we tell you to watch every <laughs> every day. Whenever there's a Knicks game on, just put on I Think You Should Leave instead. <laughs> and this podcast would make more sense to you. Yeah. Kenny, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, pretty nice weekend. Went to a nice steak dinner with my girlfriend Jenny and her, her father yesterday. Meeting the parents, pretty big uh, big time. Went bowling today. With hit the open. parents again? Well, no. No. You guys must have really hit it off. Yeah, yeah. We Things went, went well enough that, you know, like, you know what? We should do this again tomorrow at a bowling alley. Girlfriend so wasn't even there this time. Yeah, it's just you and the dad bowling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a little weird that you know that. I feel like you might be kind of stalking me. It's actually not that weird. We're brothers and we text Speaking each other. Speaking so. of stalking, I watched you this weekend. I watched seven <laughs> episodes. Oh, that's what I did. Oh, I the Netflix television that. program. Oh, that's right. funny. Yeah. No, <laughs> that would been, that is also funny. It was like, yes, that is the definition of stalking. Yeah. <laughs> so, big baby, you 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 watched you. Uh, season two. Yeah, I, I did it all in one sitting. That was a, a poor choice for health, but I had fun. That happens. Um, so I was talking to Tom pre-pod, and I watched the first seven episodes of season one because I've heard all this hype about season two. And I just, just uh, was after the seventh episode, I was like, okay, it's, I get it. And I just Googled what happens. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. So you wait. So you only watched the first seven episodes of season one, or your seven episodes into season two? Watched the first seven episodes of season one. 
Okay. And you I didn't, Googled the rest of that season or the rest yes, of the series? Yes, the rest of that season. Okay, okay. So, so I did something, something kind of similar in that um, last year when season one like came out, I watched probably three episodes with my wife, Rose, and we were both like, this is kind of super cheesy, and we just weren't really vibing it. So I actually waited about a year and a half until Greg Googled what happened, and he just told me before the podcast. So now oh. I kind of... Now it's I kind of know to, what happens. It's a good way to watch. Yeah, it's more, I highly recommend you know, that. If you wait a year and a half and then Greg tells you. It's efficient. <laughs> or, yeah. or it's very inefficient. I'm, I'm not sure which. So yeah. Would, yeah. based on your Google results, would you recommend watching the next three episodes in a season? Or are you happy with where you stopped? I'm yeah. happy with where I stopped. I, I didn't need to continue watching that show. But uh, no, I'm a big I, Big Baby David liked it a lot. I mean, what did you think of season one? Did you really like season one? I just had I had a lot of fun with it. it reminded me of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's why I didn't like it because I was like, this is just an autobiography. <laughs> I'm living this and I'm watching this. Tom, how's your weekend? See, I didn't like it because it also reminded me of Big Baby David. So, <laughs> um. uh, your weekend or the show? Oh my god! So you know, weekend yeah. was good. You, you know, you know what I've been doing a lot recently. Kenny knows this because I tell I him every day. I don't think I want to hear about it. Rock climbing. I've, I've been doing a lot of rock climbing at this climbing gym here in Fairfield. We're pretty much going every every day, almost every other day. And uh, yeah, like for Christmas, a lot of my gifts were like rock climbing themed. I got shoes. I got chalk. I got, I got like a bunch of. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm like addicted to climbing up these rock walls. I can't stop doing it. I'm going tomorrow too. Out of context, is that the worst possible gift? Someone gives you chalk. <laughs> I was grateful. I keep tearing up my hands on these Not rock even a walls. Teacher. Why would I got a pretty funny gift this Christmas. So our, our our dad gave us cash, and then I just owed my dad that amount of cash plus fifty dollars. So I just gave it back to him. And then he, he was like, uh, okay. <laughs> he was like, don't worry about the $50. And I was like, awesome. That's the Christmas gift. That's yeah. the so gift. technically, no I I got $50 more than Kenny for Christmas. That's true. So that's that's what I'm telling. That, that's what the point of the story is. I got one more pair of pants than my brother got. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. Not I a mean, joke. I mean, what is the number one and zero, or or is it? Uh, I got three pairs of pants. He got two. <laughs> See, that's, but, that is funny. But he got a hoodie. But I got socks as well. Um, and are, are these like hoodie guy? Are these like sweatpants? Are they chinos? Are they jeans? What kind of? Are these just like a just kind of a smattering of pants or, or what's? Uh, they're they're like pants that would fit the business casual uh, requirement. Good. Where does the hoodie fit in? Uh. Uh, my dad just kind of threw that in and said, one of you gets this. And then he sure. said, well, you got uh, one more pair of pants than I did. So All right, so, so who do you who do you think won Christmas? <laughs> you or your brother? Um, Wow. We established that Greg won Christmas at our Objectively, house. Objectively. I needed, the, I needed the pants way more than I would need a hoodie. So I would say as far as like fulfilling my needs, I, I think just on that basis, uh, I, I won. Good. Good to hear. Tom, who won Christmas at your house? You were Dave? I don't know. No, I won 
in a major way. And actually, the, my favorite gift I got was from my wife, Rose, who got me a, a digital rendering of my dog. And it's just like a, like a real lifelike cartoon <laughs> poster. It looks like um, something out of Disney Pixar. And it is, uh, it's pretty wild. So I, I think I won Christmas this year. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, is, what does that have to do with rock climbing? Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's the one gift that was not rock climbing related. But I liked all the gifts, guys. I mean, Good. It, yeah. Sh- should we, speaking of gifts, I don't know. Should, should we get to the Knicks? Wait, before, get- before we get to the Knicks, I just want a general announcement for all of our listeners. Um, if you robbed a car in New Haven this weekend, send me a DM. I might be willing to purchase the stuff that you stole from that car. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> okay. Perfect. He did have a Merry Christmas. Dang. <laughs> all right. I mean, when we get a, a four out of the five guys on the pod, we just got to catch up. Yeah. We, could, we could do this all That's day. True. But I guess we'll talk about the Knicks. Knicks went 2-1 and one this week. Their second two-game winning streak of the season. Earlier this season, we said uh, we had the best week ever. Last time we went 2-1. and one. But this week was as good as that week, I think, because we also went 2-1. So we beat – or I guess I'll go in order. We lost to the Wizards, who were playing their uh, G League team as their starters, missing their entire team. Lost 121-115. Not a fun time. We beat our crosstown uh, – I'm not going to say rivals. We beat our Air crosstown quotes. team across town. 94-82 against the Nets. Nets were statistically the worst team to ever play basketball. We'll get into that details <laughs> of that later. Last game of the week, we avenged ourselves and beat the Wizards sans Bradley Beal. But, I mean, we didn't have Bradley Beal either, so it's fair in the end. <laughs> Knicks, Knicks win 107-100. <laughs> so, Big Baby David, where, where, where do you want to start? I think we should start at the beginning, naturally. Maybe I'll let Kenny field this one. Because he watched this game and only this game? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a fun time. Uh, I think like you said, and I think we, we were talking about on the side chat during the game, this was a, te- a game where the entire Wizards G League team knew about us, like guys we had never heard of. Uh, Gary Payton Jr., I'm pretty sure they said they signed like before the game because they didn't have enough players, and he went for a double-double. So one one thing about that. Gary Payton the second, sorry. Gary Payton the second. Has a brother named Gary Payton Jr. They're two different people. Uh, is that so true or is that a joke? That's a fact. You could Google it. They were announcing it during the, the the second Wizards game, and they said he has Gary Payton has four kids: Gary Payton the second, Gary Payton Jr., and then they named two others who were which not one, named not named Gary. Which one's older, Gary Payton the second or Gary Payton Jr.? I don't know the answer to that. They didn't they didn't get specific. Which one uh, would you guess though? The second, that's the second has to be older, or else it's just numerically not correct. I yeah. think <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. I think the point. That's a good point. Is older based on the order of mentioning in this Wikipedia. The other two names are not <laughs> similar to Gary, though. All right, um, so it's not a George Foreman situation where he named all no. of his kids George. No, it yeah. is. It is sadly not one of those situations. Um, yeah, he has. Gary the second, Gary Jr., uh, Julian, and Raquel Payton. Okay. Lame. That's great. And then one last thing before we get back to this game. Lance Stevenson has a brother named Lance, spelled L-A-N-T-Z. 
You can look I that did, up I on Wikipedia. That's an objectively cooler spelling of the name Lance. So, Lance and Lance. All right, back to the game. Aren't there, aren't there like a bunch? All right, I was going to say there's a bunch more of those, and I know there's another like set of athletes who have a similar situation. But and that's what we'll talk about all next yeah. episode. But yeah, all right. <laughs> we'll 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 talk about the the wi- first Wizards game for a second. Uh, Gary, so Gary Payton the second was out there looking like a very good player. He had 10 points, 11 rebounds to go along with five or six assists and six steals. So he was five five blocks short of a five by five game. He had a four by five game, which is still pretty good. Uh, Bradley Beal put up 30 points, but it was on 38 shots, which isn't that good. Um, and I don't know. There was just a lot of players that I'd never heard of doing like big things. Uh, I didn't even, and this is how bad it was. T Brown Jr. I don't <laughs> know his. I, I don't. I don't even know his uh, first name. I that's think it's a, Trent. That's, that's Troy Brown. I was gonna Roy. guess. I was gonna guess Troy Brown, but I, I didn't thought it was Trent. Wrong. And I, I actually thought it Trent. was. I thought it was Troy Brown the second who did that. Oh, uh, now we're gonna it look is. It up that's Troy. his older brother. Now we gotta look it up. <laughs> no, Troy Brown Jr. had twenty six points. He had nine rebounds, seven assists, zero turnovers. Like really lit it up. Yeah. Um that was that was a tough look. Yeah. I mean bottom line th- this game really did suck to watch. This was the, the Knicks in general were were awful. They didn't show up to play. Um after the game like all the announcers were asking the guys like what happened? And, and just all the players said the same thing like we had a lousy shoot around, we had no energy, we came out flat. Like this this Knicks team really walked in here thinking that they were going to to just coast. show up to coast and win and like this was a team that had won like s- seven games. At th- I don't know. Like it, it's it's pretty confounding that they would have that attitude going into this one, but they did. And uh, yeah, this was this was a really brutal watch. I don't want to spend too much time on this. That's why I wanted to recap it quickly. Yeah, and I mean, I had I had one more thing I was going to say before Tom hijacked the mic. Um, so this game, the Knicks played so poorly that the Wizards shot forty-seven percent from the field, not that bad. Thirty-three percent from three not great and 56.7 percent from the free throw line and still (laughs) one by six and so along with that free throw line the 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 wizards shot 30 free throws and nick shot 15 which was kind of a trend in the other wizards game as well so so the wizards the wizards made shot 56.7 percent from the free throw line and made more free throws than the knicks attempted and then yeah it's not good in the next defense of this game, they were missing Marcus Morris, who was out. That's just with a sore Achilles. Um, oh, and he's yeah. been our best player to date until this week when uh, Julius Randle has decided to put up a fight to, to claim his expected spot as the next best player. So I'm sure we'll get into that. But, um, I mean, missing Marcus Morris isn't really an excuse since the other team is missing seven people or eight people. Seven of their eight top scorers. Yeah. yeah. So it's very. I mean, I, I think quickly we should highlight the, the people who played well in the, the Knicks. Randall at 35 points. Uh, Barrett had 18 and six rebounds, four assists. And uh, Damian Dotson was, you know, putting up a fight, and he hit a bunch of threes in I think it was the third quarter maybe. Um, and he had 19 points on five of 10 from three and seven of 13 from the field. Yeah, and Trier also got some burn. He 
played yep. 20 minutes in this game. You haven't seen that from him recently. And then, uh, then only he only 10 minutes out of Frank, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, depending on how you feel about Frank. Um, but I feel like this pod has generally been positive towards him. So I don't know. 10 minutes from him was was not great to see, especially given like some of these no name guys who are lighting us up. You th- would have thought uh, his his defense would have been appreciated. But I will say. We'll get to it in the second Wizards game, but Ish Smith was blowing by Frank regularly. That was weird. I did I did not expect it, but uh, I don't know, I don't want to skip over the Brooklyn game yet. Well, Ish Smith against the Knicks is consistently the greatest basketball player who's ever lived. So he's one of those McConnell Nuaba guys. Yeah, it very well could be called Ish Smithing us. <laughs> fair, fair enough. It's doesn't have the ring though. Yeah. But speaking it's, it's of Nuaba. Speaking of Nwaba, I'll move on to this next game where we beat the Nets, 82-94. Nwaba was a contributor on the Nets. He's out for the season, unfortunately. Um, fortunately for us, unfortunately for him. So the Knicks win this game 94-82. Start the game out of the first quarter, winning 24-15. to This game, though the Knicks won, was just tough on the eyes the Nets shot 26.9 percent from the field they made eight two-point field goals which the announcer said was the least in the three-point field goal era so that was like 79 80 and since it was least in that I would have to assume it's probably the least ever because before that time they would only be making two-point field goals so harder (laughs) exactly so, we win this game. Knicks shoot 40% from the field compared to the 26.9 for the Nets. Again, just absolutely destroyed at the free throw line. Nets shoot 27 for 36. Knicks shoot 11 for 15. I don't know what's going on. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that later, figure out whether there's such high free throw disparities between these teams. But, Tom, what did you see in this one? This was a good game by the, by the, from the vantage point that we won. Yeah, uh, I mean, Randall, really the starters in general were absolutely dominant. Even if you're just looking at the the plus-minus figures, like Randall was plus 25, Barrett plus 20, Alfred Payton plus 25, Marcus Morris plus 17. Um, And then so so Taj didn't get that many minutes. It was really Mitchell Robinson getting those starters minutes, Mm. um, which is great to see. You you definitely want to see Mitch being able to do that. He played 28 minutes. He only had two personal fouls, which was a huge highlight for me. That is definitely something I'm looking for. But in general, I mean, the story this week and this game was Julius Randle. He had 33 points on super efficient shooting. He was 5 of 9 from 3. Um, I, I guess we can we can talk a little bit more about that, whether that's sustainable or not. But he had 8 boards, a couple assists. And in general, just the, the Nets had no answer for him. They, they had no idea what to do with him. He's just been so physical, and he's also been hitting his mid-range jumpers. So, I mean, basically he's hitting from everywhere, right? He's hitting mid-range, hitting from three, and he's really looked a lot like the player that we were hoping we'd get when we signed him. So that's that's all exciting. It's making us eat our words because I feel like we were a little negative on Randall to begin the year for good reason, but still. Yeah, he deserved it. Yeah, and he's also been dishing a little. Only two assists in this game, like you mentioned, but he's definitely been looking to pass more, maybe even to his detriment at times. And I'm sure we'll we'll get into some Randall chat later. But Big Baby David, do you watch this one? You got any insight? I did watch this one. Um, again, not not a whole lot more to add. Julius Randle 
is the main takeaway, uh, as he was in kind of all three games, if you're looking for positives. Um, just, yeah, contributing all over the place. Uh, not turning the ball over as much. Only two turnovers in this one. That might have been, like, his high for the week. Uh, actually, I think in the Wizards game, he got three. But whatever. Um, other than that, just kind of not a whole lot of, like, explicitly bad things as far as complete games from guys, which is the reason they beat the Nets, who played the worst game ever. And, Dave, yeah. the one I would point to, though, is R.J. Barrett, who finished 2-10 uh, from the field. And, and uh, in general, he just he looked out of rhythm all night. Like, he was missing shots that he, he almost always hits, like, especially around the basket. He was just kind of flinging them towards the rim. And, and usually he has a little bit more touch. Um, even, like, on the left side of the basket, when he was going to his left, he was still had just nothing going for him. So... Um, yeah. That was one and, kind of discouraging thing. Yeah. And no free throw attempts from him. Uh, and even though he's not he, – his main the main criticism we have of him is that he's not a great free throw shooter. He has been more uh, pretty adept at getting to the line this season, even though he's not converting as many of those shots as we like. And uh, one thing that I want to throw in, and you guys might have already mentioned it because sometimes I – I'm not listening completely when I'm looking at stats. Um, did we talk about Mitch Robb's alley-oop from, from Frank? Not yet. That was the last game. That's all I want to talk about because it was uh, – I, I, like I like to give Frank as much love as I can, but it wasn't a great pass. Um, he threw up an alley-oop, and it was kind of behind Mitchell Robinson, and Mitchell Robinson just one-handed grabbed it and yammed it like a very – like one of the nicer alley oops I've seen definitely this season. So if yeah, you like how, seen how it, many check that out? How many guys in the league can even finish that play like Mitch did? Like they're they're I very few. Yeah, I can't name many. A young, it was like a young DeAndre Jordan type thing. Like yeah, I not anymore, De- right? Yeah, I don't think DeAndre Jordan can do that anymore. But when he was younger, I, oh, yeah. I feel like maybe DeAndre Ayton could, but uh, maybe not. When he's off the steroids, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Tom, Tom's starting a controversy. <laughs> but in general, like it is good to point that out because Frank, in general, was pretty rough in this one. He was one of five from the field in 14 minutes. Had just the one assist, even though it was a spectacular one. But I don't know. He wasn't that impactful again. And and I, I don't know. That's just he had five fouls, so that like really limited his time and and his aggressiveness too. And I want to. I want to counter that because while I didn't watch this game, I did, I did get into you know a bunch of the articles and stuff, and some people were giving him some credit for slowing down Dinwiddie it, between him and Alfred Payton because uh, Dinwiddie went five for fifteen, still scored twenty five points, but very inefficiently, <laughs> with uh, five turnovers. God. You kidding me? I want I didn't watch the game, but I want to counter that Frank was not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I just. That's what I just heard here. Well, a lot of, uh, you yeah, know, that a lot yeah, of fouls on Frank, like because Frank had five fouls, and that's what kind of led to Dimwitty's points, where they were almost all at the line. Um, and so I don't know that he really did such a good job. I, again, he only played 14 minutes in so, total. So he started. He hit his first three of the game, and then he didn't hit another shot after that. But he was playing with a lot of confidence, which is good. It's what you like to see. But unfortunately, the ball wasn't going in the hoop. So it was like. I like to see this, but I would like to see the ball going in. So it was, it was, it was interesting. It was half and half, half good, half bad. But it was I mean, all all bad because they didn't go in. Yeah, and I mean, you guys know I'm a blind Frank defender, and this time literally. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate that. We we need that guy. 
And uh, another thing I wanted to bring up was DeAndre Jordan, which was on the other team. And so he was playing against Mitch Robb, and Mitch Robb uh, was, was giving him the business. He, Mitch Robb looked very good. Uh, it seemed like DeAndre Jordan regretted teaching everything to Mitchell Robinson last season. He hmm. Very little foresight. Yeah, Robinson's definitely the type of player that DeAndre Jordan would struggle with because at this point in in Jordan's career, he's kind of like checked out from an effort perspective. He's like so like lackadaisical out there, but Mitch Rob is such a high motor and he just tries so hard the whole time and that's kind of like what leads to his fouls too, but it's also what makes him such a handful. He goes after every offensive board and he's just Super aggressive, and I'm sure yeah. it was and the fun, a nightmare. DeAndre, for, like DeAndre Jordan wanted well for nothing to do with that. Years. He wanted I mean, to be somewhere else entirely. Over a twenty million dollar contract. So he, he absolutely from the dominated Mavs DeAndre Jordan. Jordan inherited in that trade. Now he's got this four year, forty million dollar contract, and he just I don't know what he does. He just grabs rebounds and but he doesn't even try to grab rebounds. He just does it. He's <laughs> tall because. <he's laughs> And every time they show him, like, at the free throw line, he's always just cracking up <laughs> yeah. at something. He's always just Respect laughing so hard. At, like like Bill, he, he looks like he's having the time of his life <laughs> and just not trying very hard doing it. And I, I love it. I, I want that career. Good. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> would have preferred hanging That's out my father. He is uh, living Kyrie the dream Katie, right now. He couldn't be happier now that he's retired. This game oh. another talking point. That was very funny. Yeah, I think the Knicks were winning by a, a decent chunk at that point in time and they they did a shot of yep the iconic Kyrie photo. and KD sitting on the bench and just not looking happy <laughs> iconic yeah and it was made for memes of of people saying like when you choose the wrong team or something i don't know that i saw that specific and meme it, but and it made us happy that's the general aura of what everyone was getting at and last thing about this game this game was kind of like a blowoutish not entirely but the Knicks were up 18 to start the fourth quarter and you always like you were always worried that the Nets were about to make their run but it never came like it only got to like 14 didn't get down to the single digits again the Nets the Knicks were still up 18 with two minutes 11 seconds left so that entire fourth quarter you were really just rooting for the clock to run out because you don't trust this Knicks team rightfully so after the loss to the Wizards (laughs) and without their seven of their eight best players. But fortunately for us, we played the Wizards again without seven of their eight best players again, but without their best player this time. And that leads to the Knicks winning 107-100. And that leads to the Knicks' second winning streak of the season. So who wants to to cover this one? Big Baby David? Let's see. The Washington Wizards threw out a starting lineup of Troy Brown Jr., Jonathan Williams, uh, Jan Mahini, uh, Isaiah Thomas was was back in the mix, and uh, and then Gary Payton the second, who this was his third game since being called <laughs> up from the G League. Already uh, starting. We gave him all the confidence in the world, so now he can start. Um, but you know, in this game, they did finally silence Pasek sneaks. So, <laughs> I was I was gonna mention his name in my recap of the last Wizards game, but I couldn't say it. So I'm glad that you yeah. Could. So I mean, that's a guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I know it ends in an eeks. It's fun to say. I assume 
Yeah, none I, of us I don't know. have a guess on that first name. It's got uh, an N and a Z and a J and an S like next to each other. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Anzis, <laughs> Anzis. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I think that was another thing that I sent to the group chat that like we're getting new Abed by a, ga- a guy whose name I can't pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> good, good for him. I mean, but we silenced him as you mentioned. Julius Randle again in this one. Right. Great, his third thirty-point game of the season or of the week. All thirty thirty-plus in all all games this week. He cut it close. He had two free throws, um, in the final minute to to get to that mark. So he's finally able to hit clutch free throws, turn in the corner. At thirty sixteen and six, unfortunately the turnovers came back. He had five turnovers. He does a lot of uh, jumping or driving through the lane and just jumping in the air and then deciding who he wants to pass the ball to. And he does that. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it goes awry. But we won the game, so I, I can't complain. Um, I don't know if anyone else wants to talk about Julius Randle, Tom, maybe. I mean, the the thing that you just pointed out about him, like, driving into the lane and jumping and passing is it's such it's so on point because he does it like all the time and uh i don't know it's like sometimes it just really works out for him like when he jumps it forces the defense to commit to him in one way or another because because randall is athletic enough where like he'll do this thing where he'll like look to pass then look to shoot then look to pass again like all while in the air and uh, because his his shots are so unorthodox as the, as it is, like he he makes some really bizarre ones where like his arms cock back and he just kind of like flings it at the backboard and he, it's it's pretty impressive. But on some nights that that strategy doesn't work out and they'll lead to to the five turnovers. Um, and turnovers were were really the story of this one, like we mentioned a little bit. But Alfred Payton's six and um, in general like. 21 turnovers is, is just far too many. So you, you hope that they clean it up a little bit. Uh, just, just looking at, I, I always look at just like Frank's just to see how, uh, how he's progressing. He played if 17 could, minutes in this one. Just jump in, I, I, I just wonder like how minutes, he's doing though. under Mike Miller. I mean, he scored eight um, points. Certainly his like best his minutes game have gone week. down pretty significantly. Yeah. Yeah, he, he scored Sin- eight points, mostly yeah. on five of five free throw shooting. He hit a three, but he also had four rebounds and five assists in, in just the 17 minutes. So extrapolate that. Yeah, I mean, he also had four fouls um, in those 17 minutes. But also, like, the the five free throws, they weren't all because he was, like, driving to the rim. He had one really nice drive that I, uh, that I tweeted out because it was just such an anomaly. He was so aggressive in that fourth quarter. He took a, took a really strong drive to the basket. But beyond that, like, he took a technical foul. I think he took uh, – did he take a defensive three seconds foul? I forget. But he also um, – he also got fouled like when the when the Wizards were in the bonus, I guess, and and so it was like it was like a non-shooting foul that turned into a one and one. So it's not like Frank's free throws were indicative of him being super aggressive either. And I guess that's that's another thing. I'm just I'm I'm keeping an eye what, on it that because I don't think Frank bit, has has looked particularly like strong under Miller. And and it worries me a little it. bit how like 
seemingly everybody is playing better under Mike Miller, and the team is obviously much better. They've already won double the games Fizdale won and half the total games played. Um, but right, what? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, and or just like just one more game on an individual than Fizdale basis won, right? is playing considerably better, except for Frank under. Yep. Miller, so that's I would I would argue that DSJ is also playing the same. Poorly. He's playing the same, but he's been as bad as we could imagine all year, regardless. So yeah. I kind of just don't think about him. He doesn't matter. I would all. I w- Nobody should feel upset. I would Bubba. say that he pl- he's been playing better because he's not been playing. <laughs> it's it's he's felt like he's been out of the rotation. Well, he's neutral too. now, whereas previously yeah. he was he was a negative. He's doing great. Keep it up, DSJ. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get into rumors of, of his trade request after this. But, I mean, we'll, we'll finish that. this one up. Marcus Morris, um, only 10 points on two of nine shooting, but he was. it felt like he was pretty clutch, doing well. Um, he, he came up when it mattered. Another thing, Alonzo Trier played seven minutes in this game, all in the fourth quarter, which was... <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> it was like... Uh, I don't know. It was, it was like the Knicks needed something. Man, that didn't make any sense. So <laughs> what was Trier. happening? Mike Green, I remember being like, Lonzo Trier's in the game. <laughs> just like, it's bad to say him or Clyde a... had had some line. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know why they expect him to like do well right now. It's not <laughs> yeah. in any sort of rhythm. Yep. On the same possession, right? It, it really put him in a position to fail, I thought, and like he was just zero at two from from the field, and both of those were three pointers. But like, but like we said, like, yeah, but but like we said, like Frank was actually playing it's, pretty well. I, I mean, it's not like Frank was playing very poorly, funny, right? Like he could have gone in that place. Before, Maybe they just felt like they needed some threat of shooting out there. He's coming off a, but a DNP CD against I don't know the, the Nets, is that. and then he gets point put in. In a, into a one-point game against the Wizards in the fourth quarter, not having played in the first three quarters. <laughs> in crunch time, that's crazy. Like I don't know. Like I, they won, so we're gonna give Mike Miller the, uh, you know, get out of jail free card or whatever. It but like that like was just uh, the organizational if that didn't go well, like in the rare we'd all be looking at that. Like, what was he thinking? What kind of move is that to make? It's it it very to strange. Be the focal point of the offense, and uh, that's just the rule. And if you don't like it, you're out of here. <laughs> you guys think he called his old number, own number? <laughs> like Mike Miller turned his back for a second, and Zoe was like, "I got this." Something happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it, about it. It's very, very interesting experience. Uh, I, I was just complaining Knicks about the rule. Win this one. The Knicks got up by 14, I think, at one point late in the third, and then the Nets just went on, or the, the sorry, the Wizards just went a 12-0 run, and then it was back to a two-point game or a one-point game, and it was just, it was a terrible experience. It was what you would expect from the Knicks team. Somehow they they managed to not fully fold, and they they finished off the game, and they won this one, which was good. But they they I was they made you sweat again. I think they built up a good lead in the first half, then blew it. Built up a good lead in the second half, then blew it. Mm-hmm. Built up a a moderate lead. 
enough to win the game. And then the clock ran out, fortunately. Ran out before they could ruin it. Yeah, we root for the clock to run out, and we root for the Knicks. Yep. In in that order. It doesn't, doesn't matter <laughs> if we they're can winning ask. or losing. My first priority is making sure this game has ended. Regardless. <laughs> God, if we're losing by 30, you really want it to end. But if you're you're up, you you really want it to end. <laughs> so, it's an interesting experience. It's, it's an interesting existence, really. So I mean, I I think we've <laughs> talked about everything in the in the. Can I can I jump in with just one one thing that's more Wizards related? But we we've we played them twice this week, so this is two thirds talking Wizards. Did you guys see what uh, Isaiah Thomas got suspended for? I did. Yeah. Did you? I did. So like, I thought I thought that was kind of weak, but like I get it. So I, I, for for you listeners who don't know, yes, uh, some people were some fans at a game were heckling him, saying some inappropriate stuff, and he calmly went into the crowd and talked to the guys, and then he left, and he got suspended for two games for confronting. Conf- air quotes confronting the fans uh but i guess since the malice in the palace they don't let you do that so i thought that was kind of lame nba was like hey that's not allowed (laughs) (laughs) yeah walt walt was uh Saying it was kind of soft, yeah, I don't <laughs> it that. to go up there. Yeah, right? like, that sounds right. Walt Frazier was, was like, funny because Mike day, Breen was like, you know, a lot of stuff teams used we, to have a crazy fan. And we're like, like okay, like, that's, that they sounds just, true. Know, very, that sounds they would be very creative and yell creative things and not be inappropriate. And then Clyde was just like, yeah, when I, when I back in my day, it was very inappropriate. <laughs> and they, got, they would sit right behind the bench. <laughs> Well, the guys, sure. they just wanted Frosties, and, you know, it's a tale as old as time. The guys in, in Clydesdale just wanted Frosties after the game as well. Yeah. That's absolutely. why they yelled bad things. Yeah. Uh, uh, one, one more Wizards note. Um, that second Wizards game served, Nothing's a changed. Bit of, served a bit as another Bobby Portis revenge game. 17 points on 8 of 12 in 20 minutes. Um, yeah. Good game, Bobby Portis. That's... Uh, and we like what he does. He, I think he had nine in his first stint on the court in the first and second quarter. Uh, Mike or Clyde, when he came out, he said Clyde was questioning that decision. He said, "You don't get tired when you're making baskets," <laughs> which I thought was good. That's true. It's good. I like that. But then he sat, and the Knicks eventually won. So it all worked out. It's like Alonzo Trier playing in the fourth quarter. We can't question it because it worked. So. Uh, I guess we'll just move on to some topics. Julius Randle, best player ever. What is, yes. W- I guess we'll just briefly. I mean, as much as we've touched on it already, let's just definitively make it the fully do point. the conversation. Yeah, and we've seen Julius Randle. As Tom mentioned, we've complained more than our fair share about Julius Randle, as have all Knicks fans. But this week, he put up thirty in all three games, and he looked good. Some turnovers in one game, but for the most part, not forcing it. And when he's making his three, obviously he's better. I guess you could say that about any basketball player. But what do you guys think? Anybody? I, I mean, first of all, I just don't know that like 
the way he's being used in the offense is all that much different than how Fisdale used him. Like, he's still getting a lot of ISO looks. He's still posting up a lot, um, which is fine. Like, he's also just making his shots. And I just wonder, uh, like, you, you go on Nick's Twitter and, and you hear people theorize, like, especially a lot of people who are very anti-Fisdale. They're saying that, like, yes, we're still putting Randall in ISOs, but it's, it's in a better situation it's in lineups that have spacing it's like after some action has has like opened up the the floor for randall to to do his isos um and some of that's true but for the most part i think that like his scoring has been a little unsustainable he's hitting a lot of those like fadeaway 15 footers sometimes with a hand in his face and like those are tough looks but he's been making them pretty consistently over the last week and a half or so and and his three ball, I just I don't know about you guys. But every time he lets one fly, I'm like, oh, that's gonna hit off only backboard. Like, uh, <laughs> it, it uh, does not look good. It doesn't, sure. and like that, he's been making them recently has been great, and I root for it. I just don't know how sustainable it is, and I I don't know. I think that the real player is somewhere in between how he was under Fisdale and how he's been under Mike Miller. I think the the truth is somewhere in between there. Then I just want to get sidetracked for one quick second. I know there's a play in one of these games, uh, the Nets or the second Wizards game, when the, the they went zone, the other team. And Mike Breen or Clyde was like, let's see if they could ju- shoot him out of the zone. <coughs> Ball got to Alfred Payton in the corner, and he <laughs> shot it off the side of the backboard. <laughs> Wide open in the corner. <laughs> uh, and it was funny. <laughs> All right. I mean, back to – Back to whatever we we're talking about, Julius Randall. I don't know if anyone else wants to pitch in their two cents. So, and I think he also this week the the 16 rebounds was the a season high for sure. It wasn't a career high, right? He's uh he's probably grabbed more than that. He probably yeah, had a 20 rebound game at some point. Yeah, he's uh he's a big time rebounder. But the other thing is this week he shot extremely well from the free throw line, which I don't know if you guys remember. You know, early in the season he was shooting around 60 maybe under 60 percent from the free in, throw line in 22 games with Fizdale, he shot 66 percent at the line uh since miller's taken over it's jumped up to just under 78 percent that's pretty Which is good like a, it's about where he's been like his whole career and this week he shot 93.8 percent in the three games so i think it was 15 for 17 or something like that 15 for 16 is that sounds good and it's just like people wanting to like point to Miller as the sole reason for why Randall has been better and like why he was so bad in her Fisdale. Like you look at the free throw discrepancy there and you're like, I don't know that Miller gets all the credit for those made yeah. free throws. He's <laughs> just like, you actually have to make it into the hoop. <laughs> I'm not, oh. yeah, I'm not even trying to defend Fisdale. I'm just saying that like that some of this stuff has been not coaching related as well. Um, while some of it has uh, also been coaching related, but it's a it's a balance of the two. All you yeah. got to do with the, is all with you got to do is skate better. <laughs> <laughs> with the the free throw thing, um, a lot of it I'm sure like just has to be him regressing to the mean, um, just because like his whole career he's been like low to mid seventies at the free throw line, uh, just going year by year. Uh, 71, 72, 72, 73. So he was shooting 65. I'm guessing he didn't change anything. It's just they didn't go in for 22 games, and now just mathematically they had to start going in a little bit. 
So yeah. it's, it's just evening and back out a bit. The you one thing, the one thing I will say that we can't really account for between Fizdale and uh, and Mike Miller that we don't really know about is like a lot of, a lot of shooting. I think is just about confidence, and to the extent that you know Julius Randle didn't have confidence under under uh, Fizdale, maybe just the shakeup, regardless of who came in and replaced him, like gave him a little, you know, weight off his back to just kind of do his thing more and and not have to worry, but. That's pure speculation. No idea, really. Good. I think I think we've covered Julius Randle, and we hope he keeps it up. Um, it's been fun seeing a person score thirty points in a row. They said it's the first time someone scored thirty points in a row three times since. Do you guys know the answer to this one? Since last season. Last season it was Tim Hardaway Jr. He did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knew? And, and I'm guessing he he was the last since Mello, right? Is that probably? I think they had said there's like three people in the last five years, so like the other one had to be mellow. Yeah, I think that's right. I just couldn't believe what, when they said Tim Hardaway. <laughs> right, I was that. pretty surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I that, that implies that Porzingis never did yeah, it, so that that's cool. Be, <laughs> I mean, that means I have to imagine that in those three games, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. shot 40 shots in each game. And the yeah, Knicks probably yeah. lost all three of those games. So. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> They only won 17 last year total, so odds are pretty good that they lost them all. There are some fun stats with uh, Randall over the last stretch and Porzingis. I don't know if we want to get into it and talk about him because I don't think it means that the trade was good. Um, But, like, their numbers are kind of the same, but one of them is being used to say the Knicks are the dumbest uh, franchise ever and why'd they sign Julius Randle to that and the other guy is having a slightly worse line over the last month but this past month has been the most like can't believe the Knicks gave up him for essentially nothing because Dennis Smith sucks so <laughs> we'll get in we'll get we into got that. the picks we got the picks, <laughs> the picks. and we just need the Mavs to not be good anymore next season all right, guys. I have I have the lines for those three thirty-point games. It was November sixteenth to to the twentieth last year, New Orleans, Orlando, Portland. We lost all three games. Oh. Shit. And his shooting lines were nine for twenty-three, <laughs> nine for twenty, and ten for twenty-one. Those are, those are pretty good, actually. Those are actually not that yeah, bad. He probably took a lot of threes, too. So that, those actually aren't that bad. But even so then, we we got, we should get him back. That's pretty good. <laughs> Is he available? For third, third time. Do you think they'll take two firsts in Dennis Smith Jr.? <laughs> for Tim Hardaway? <laughs> Courtney Lee? You could keep Porzingis this time. We just want our, we we just just want our guys our, back. Yeah, we want to we wanna offload this uh, Dennis Smith Jr. contract. <laughs> All right, and I think that's the perfect transition to Dennis Smith Jr. Maybe has requested a trade. We don't. I I have never. I have no idea whose Twitter account is true and whose is not true. But I just you know I just tell you everything, and just assume it's all true. So Dennis <laughs> Smith Jr. Apparently requested a trade. Maybe. What do you think he's worth, Tom? Nothing. Second. Maybe. I mean, this is a hundred percent the lowest. You could possibly sell on DSJ. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is he worth a second? He's po- 
It's it's hard to say. I I don't know. Like what what type of team would even be looking to bring that him is on? Is it like question. the Orlando Magic? Is is it just like oh, I heard the Minnesota Timberwolves are interested? Um, so what would the Timberwolves give up? Probably a second. Yeah, I think it it comes into who else is included in the deal. Are the Knicks taking back money and are the Knicks packaging somebody else? Trier, Portis, somebody. I don't know. I'm just trying to think like in a vacuum, what is he worth? Yeah, in a vacuum, he's worth a top 55 protected second. <laughs> Brutal. He's, I mean, like you said, so, it's it. He's at his all-time low. Uh, he's but he's only got one year left on his contract. Then he's a restricted free agent. And then, what would you pay him at that point? I even if you wanted to pay him, you would have to watch him play basketball for a whole nother year before that even came up. So. Despite the low somebody, value, maybe. I saw somebody who uh, who made the the comment that maybe the Knicks would trade him to uh, to Minnesota because they're a team that's reportedly expressed interest, uh, and you send him there for whatever, and then uh, you trade all the vets for for you know late firsts, some seconds, uh, and then when he's in Minnesota, he pisses off Carl Anthony Towns so much, uh, just because of the way Dennis Smith is, mm-hmm. that Carl uh, <laughs> Anthony Towns demands a trade away from the Timberwolves, and now we have uh, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of picks of, of varying quality, and uh, because Towns has now become toxic because of Smith, it's really cheap. You only, you only got to give up, like, a few of those, you know, late first-round picks, and you got them. Playing 3D chess here. I don't care. Like he doesn't. He has a bad attitude. He doesn't really try that hard. He doesn't play defense. Like I'm, I'm done with Dennis Smith Jr. We, we, we could get nothing. We could get nothing back for him. It doesn't. Yeah, it's a sunk cost. Tom, it's a, it's a sunk Tom. cost. Tom, <laughs> Tom, he came in There's second your answer. in the dunk contest. You guys not care? <laughs> <laughs> Silence. You guys, you guys should really see the stares that everyone just gave me when I made that <laughs> comment because it was just a lot of anger behind those eyes. Uh, and I'm going to throw out that while Greg believes everything that he reads, I believe absolutely nothing I read unless it comes from Sham or Woj. Um, so, like, people said that DSJ asked for to be traded, Marcus Morris asked to be traded, Frank asked to be traded. But like, I don't know who any of these people are, and they're not Shams and they're not Woj. So, like. I don't believe him. That's fair Is enough. It? Fair enough. And um, on the on the Marcus Morris point, he was also the guy like who like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, said he was made for New York and he doesn't want to get traded. So maybe he changed his mind, or maybe th- this is all made up. I think the funny thing is, I saw a tweet that said Marcus <laughs> Morris and Frank wanted to be traded, and I decided that that wasn't true. But then I saw one that Dennis Smith Jr. wanted to be traded, and I was like, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably I true. forget, I forget which of you said it in the group chat, but we sent the Dennis Smith. I might have asked for a trade thing, <laughs> and one of one of you said, "Yeah, we also don't want you." <laughs> <laughs> we also asked for a trade for Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I think my last topic before we get onto awards for Jake. 
Jake wants to know if the Knicks continue to be like a 500 team for the rest of the season. They're five and six with Mike Miller, four and 18 with Fizdale. If the Knicks just play 500 basketball the rest of the season, is is Mike Miller? I mean, obviously he wouldn't win Coach of the Award, Coach of the Year award, but would you think about it? Hmm? Five and six from a team that was four and 18. Obviously they've had a softer stretch of the schedule. I mean, they beat the Nets, who were 16 and 13 coming into the game. I don't know that that. The Nets aren't really a powerhouse, but you're beating a, hey, a playoff they have, team. They have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And yeah, and Zion, probably. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. They got a powerhouse over there. I, so, I, I, I mean, mean I, like I said, not going to happen. But would you, you'd have to give him a lot of credit. I, I'd like to point out that, I mean – Mike Miller came from the G League, won G League Coach of the Year, and to bring it full circle, earlier this week he lost to a G League team. So, like, pump the brakes a little bit, I think. Uh, I think what BBD said earlier about uh, Julius Randle's free throws is also coming to fruition. Like, is a little bit of a regression to the mean that the Knicks were not as bad as their record was, and they had players who were all kind of playing worse. And... You know, I, from the beginning of the season, was saying that they weren't as bad as they were, they were and it was going to take them some time to gel. I didn't think it would take them that long, I think. But I do think that, you know, a part of his success has been that, you know, the team's starting to come together more. So, no no knock on him, but, like, maybe if he was better than 500, I'd consider it. But 500 seems like a reasonable we we were guessing them to be a thirty win team, so that's like three out of every five. So, but they were four they were four and eighteen though. Yeah, so yeah. I don't I don't know that now. Mike Miller I don't know that Miller deserves that much credit for how bad Fisdale was. Like he was a terrible head coach, and uh, that <laughs> was very evident as we were watching. And you know, Mike Miller has brought them back to kind of where they should be. But I don't know that that's like a coaching feat. I don't know. I'm still curious, like how good Miller actually is. He still does some stuff that I'm like, I don't know about that. So is that <laughs> Alonzo Trier? It's a little bit. There's some of that. There's definitely some Trier in there. But uh, and we'll, we'll see. There, I... There's still like a lot. Of, like we we uh, we look at like after timeout plays a lot, and um, it's just a lot of ISOs and, and stuff that we used to criticize. Fisdale for the difference is the Knicks are making them now. It's like we'll, we'll see. Well, I'm 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 still holding out a little bit. Yeah, and I think um, you and I talked about it a little bit, and we talked about it a little bit on this podcast. But um, Frank hasn't been playing particularly well, but I still find it completely inexcusable that Dennis Smith Jr., who was playing even worse, was getting like they were getting equal minutes to kind of see what was going on until Dennis Smith Jr. was out this last week, uh, I believe, with an injury. I mean, Frank was pretty bad in in his defense. I know Dennis Smith Jr. was worse, but you know, it wasn't one of them. Also, was we're not talking about like get run. Yeah, we're not talking about like a lot of minutes for both of them. And now, now, now he's realized the error in his ways. And when I say like I'm still a little out on Miller, it's it's not that I don't recognize that Fisdale was a worse coach. Like he's definitely he's, he's leaps and bounds better than Fisdale was as a head coach. It's just that's not a high bar to clear. And I I just 
am a little – I just need to see more before I think that, like, Miller has all the answers or he's the, the guy that for, for this team going forward. Um, so yeah. so we'll see. We will see. And going right. with that, I think it's uh, – I. Tom just kind of brought this thought to my head, but I think it's less about the record than what we see him actually do with the players because I think eventually they were going to win some games. But, like, if he – is still doing kind of weird Hornacek lineups at times, then I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. But if he's doing things that I think are are good for a basketball team, then I, th- I think I'd like that even if uh, the, the results aren't there necessarily. Right. To answer the, uh, the question Jake posed, I guess I think the best case scenario for Mike Miller in this, in this conversation would be like, you know, the Knicks get to whatever thirty wins after being four and eighteen, whatever the number was. Um, is when they have those conversations at the end of the year, where they're talking about coach of the year candidates. One of the people on the panel will just be like, "Hey, maybe you should think about Mike Miller. He got those sorry Knicks to thirty wins, and then that'll that'll be as far as he gets, and as far as actually being considered." But yeah, and probably at that point, it may be Jake on the panel. Yeah, that's true. I think that the Knicks kind of could benefit from having not a flashy hire because they always go for the flashy guy, and it never works out. Um, and, you know, I feel like some of the other guys that they might go for that I'm not really a big fan of, particularly like everyone always talks about Mark Jackson, but he's a psycho, and <laughs> I don't think he's a good coach. And every time there's an opening for the Knicks job, which is like every other year, people bring up Patrick Ewing Jr. But we can't do that because I don't want to hate Patrick Ewing Jr. like I do every single other Knicks coach. So those are my pa- two kind of – Patrick thing- Ewing Jr. or Patrick Sorry, Ewing? Patrick Ewing. Sorry, yeah, not Patrick Ewing Jr. Patrick never, Ewing. Patrick Ewing's never been confused for Patrick Ewing Jr. before. No, that's this true. Is the, this is the first time. I mean, they have the same name. I was just – we've talked about a lot of juniors and a lot of the seconds, and it's just gotten confusing, so – my He's going to be pretty upset when he hears that. <laughs> I'd be cool if we traded DSJ for a junior round pick. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fair. I think we'll So so we'll we'll say sorry Jake, we don't think Mike Miller's going to win coach of the year. Jake, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um I think we could get some quick awards and I'll start new best player on the team award goes to <laughs> Julius Randle. We, we we talked about it a little bit already, but he just had a good week, three 30-point games. I mean, he's the guy that we signed to the two-year deal with the team option for the third, $63 million. He makes the most money on the team. Therefore, that means they planned for him to be the best player. So for at least one week in time, a brief moment in time, he, he showed us what he could do and led us to two wins and a loss against a team with seven of their eight best players missing. So, who's up next? Crap, you took mine. Uh, it was an easy one. That's why I had to yeah. do it. That's why I wanted it. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. I can keep going. I can just pick every single player off the team and give them an award. <laughs> um, the, the What Are You Doing Here award, it goes to Alonzo Trier in the fourth quarter <laughs> of the <laughs> the Wizards game. Uh, let's see. Uh <laughs> All right, I I I think I've come up with a little something. All right, this is the uh what am I supposed to expect with this guy? 
award. <laughs> and I don't think it's going where you think. Like, so this this is going to, to uh, well, any guesses, first of all. Kevin Knox. Is that, is that everyone's guess? Bobby Portis. Are you giving it to the coach? No, I'm actually. Taj Gibson. I'm actually giving it to Taj Gibson. Correct. Because uh, I just like don't quite know what I'm supposed to be looking for when he's literally on the court. I don't know what return he'd potentially get at the deadline. I think I like him, but also like it's not like he's playing a whole lot of minutes, and the things he's always been good at isn't exactly tangible from looking at a box score. Uh, and his main thing is sending good screens, so I don't really know. Like, just what am I supposed to expect now? What what am I looking for? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's that's fair because he starts, and then you'll see that he played 14 minutes in the game, and then you're just confused at the end of it. Is I'm it? with you. Like he's like Maybe should just play Mitch, I guess. I don't know, but also like build up Gibson's value, but also does it make a difference if he's starting but only playing 10 minutes? Yeah, and what, Gibson's also the guy who you're like, do we trade this guy? I mean, he seems like the actual like good veteran for the team. I know we say that you want to keep some good veterans around, but he's like the actual one that you think would be useful in a locker room. But I don't know. Like, I'm with you. I think yeah. you did a perfect job with your award. I'll give you an award for best award right now, pre- preemptively. <laughs> and I gave two awards. <laughs> now, you gave, now you gave three. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, do you want to go? Or do you want me to to make something up on the spot? Because I'm not. I, I we do this every week, and somehow I was still unprepared. I was unprepared too, but I'll I'll give an award. I'll I'll call it the Please Frank Make a Shot Award, and this is gonna go to Frank Nielakina. Kevin Knox. Oh. <laughs> so Frank, since Mike Miller took over, this is an 11 game sample. I, I could probably make this a career-wide sample if I wanted to, but I just wanted to <laughs> s- focus specifically on since Miller took over because that's kind of the era that we're focusing most on. He's shooting 35.6% from the field on four shot attempts per game, 28% from three on just over two threes per game. And he's and this is all in 16 minutes per game, but he's just – I don't know, guys. I, I it, It's starting to get pretty dicey with him, like – at some point, a guy has to like show flashes of making shots, and he has not done it. I know he's only 21. I, it's it's just like you want to keep him in for his defense, but even like against the Wizards, Ish Smith just kept torching him. I think that was an anomaly, but it happened just over and over again. And I was like, this this is does not look good for our guy Frank. And uh, again, I, I said it before, and I'm just gonna keep really looking to see how he does in his minutes. And, and hope that Miller can get something out of him because, I don't know, the, the numbers say one thing and then my eyes say, like, he should be able to make a shot. Like, he, he should be able to do it. And uh, and he just consistently doesn't. So it's kind of a bummer. My, my award's kind of a downer. I want to – you guys – I assume you know where I'm going with this because blind Frank – Kenny's going to say, Frank actually has made all of those shots. <laughs> I so. didn't watch these games, but yeah. – uh, I didn't watch any of the games, but Frank made all the shots that you said that he missed. No. Um, Frank is, for the season, shooting 33.8% from three, which isn't great, but it's above my 33.3%, like, you're allowed to just shoot whenever you want line. Um, because 
for those of you who are not maths people or anything, uh, shooting from 33.3% from three is the same as shooting 50% from the field because the points are worth more. Um, so I think that's, that's not bad. I f feel like that's a good thing. And it's actually shooting better than both Damian and Dotson and Wayne Ellington for the season, among others. And I will say that, like, the, the looks that Frank takes are typically much more open than, like, I mean, Dotson takes some hard ones, right? Like, he's sprinting around screens. He's, like, trying to get the defense to react. He's just, like, more of a dynamic three-point shooter on the move. And, yeah, his his average has been trash. And so same with Wayne Ellington. But both those guys, like, force the defense to, to react to them because they're moving around so much and they're, they're taking shots off screens. Frank is usually just station stationary, just, like, Waiting for someone to kick it out to him. Every once in a while, he'll pull up on his own, but he has to. But like someone will have had to have gone way under the screen for him to pull up on a three. So I, I it's kind of not necessarily comparing apples to apples there. It's just but, he's but, playing within himself. He's playing within himself within the offense. I, I wish you were playing guys, within some within someone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh. If if uh, Ellington and and. Dotson are so good at shooting, they'd be making more shots. No, I mean, uh, we, 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 do we have to go on an Ellington tangent right now? No. Wayne no, Ellington no. is um, a guy I haven't um, thought of in a while. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just playing around at this point. Although, um, looking at the, this last week, Frank was 37.5% from three. Uh, so I think he made three out of. Two, four, six, eight—I don't know, something like yeah, three, three, eight. Um, but yeah, no, I'd like—I, I am—I'm with you. I, I know I'm, I'm the blind defender, but like I like to—I would like to see him, you know, consistently making shots. And because um, right now it's every once in a while he'll have a good shooting game, and then he'll go four games having bad shooting games. But I would like to see it consistently. And, and he's got his confidence. He looks more confident when he shoots he just misses the shot at the end so next year's the year so they start being made yeah, yeah. So that's progress it's yeah. you can only do one thing at a time one thing per year last year he stopped passing the ball to the other team this year <laughs> he, he looks confident next year he makes baskets yeah let's say every every off season you work on one thing one hole in your game so um, I guess I'll take an award, and I was I had I had two in mind. Uh, one was a negative one, and one was a positive one. Um, I'm gonna do a positive one because the last one was so negative, uh, and that's gonna be the I will always love you award, and uh, that's gonna go to Mitchell Robinson because I will always love him. Um, he had himself a, a pretty good week. With uh, I just lost all the stats that I had in front of me. But they have been good. He's been making his shots. He's been yeah, he's dominant. Been making his shots. He's yeah, fouled a lot less. That's yeah. why I didn't give him the please, Frank, make your shots award. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to become a regular award, and it's not going to be Frank every week, hopefully. But it, it could be. Um, so this week he uh, averaged 8.3 points, 10.7 rebounds, and 3.3 blocks in just 21 minutes a game. So, again, extrapolate that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we all love Mitch just because even after last year, for about half a season, he was the only reason to watch the team play basketball. Yeah, and uh, he was third on the team in plus-minus per game at a positive 10, 
behind Julius Randle and F- Alfred Payton, but he played 10 minutes less per game than Alfred Payton and 15 minutes ga- per game less than Julius Randle in that time span. So go Mitch. You know, it's kind of weird. We've been talking for what feels like two hours, but uh, we have not talked that much about Kevin Knox or RJ that Barrett. That was going to be my, my negative talk was going to be about Kevin Knox because I just don't know what he does. But I decided to go positive because I want to end on a positive note, but it sounds like you want to take us a negative tone. No, I'm just saying next week let's let's find some – I mean, I have nothing to say about them right now, at least nothing that positive. So, like, let, let's uh, – I mean, there are 19-year-old and 20-year-old lottery draft picks, and, like, they're the guys that we should, you know, beyond Mitch, like, those are the two guys we should be looking at the most in terms of their development. So, I don't know. I think I think just for this upcoming, like, looking forward for this upcoming week, I'm going to really be looking at Barrett and Knox and seeing how they're progressing. Yeah, and R.J. Barrett was hitting some threes this week, which yeah. has been a little inconsistent, but it looked good this week. Yeah, good was, timing uh, on them, too. 46.2%. Three for five again in that second Wizards game. Yeah. Two for four in the, the first Wizards game. He was one averaging one for four in the next game. Yeah, there you go. So the one in the it, it was like with just over two minutes to go against the Wizards last night. Like at the time, felt like a big shot to be made, and he knocked down that three. Yeah. Um, so that was that's good. what we needed. Yeah, that was good. All right. So last thing to talk about, I think. Naturally, three games next week. We play the Blazers at Madison Square Garden. We play the Suns, who just lost ten games in a row or something, and then they won against the Kings yesterday. So now they didn't win, lose ten games in a row. And then they play the Clippers. So one home game against the Blazers, two away games on a West Coast trip. Uh, Clippers game is a back-to-back. Or no, no, it's not. Sorry. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. What do you guys got? Wednesday, January 1st. This is after a late night partying at One Oak (laughs) to celebrate the new year. And uh, the Mellow Return game, right? Mellow Return game. Mellow will also be at One Oak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got the Knicks going uh, a sneaky two out of three. Whoa. That would be sneaky two out of three because I think they're going to – they're going to blindside the the Blazers with that one oak situation because you know Dame's going to be out there. Dame Lillard's going to be out there. Uh, CJ McCollum. Carmelo's going to show them all around New York, and they're going to get wild. And then, bam, blindsided by the Knicks. Perfect. Yeah. And you Mello's think they're going to beat the Suns or the Clippers? Is. Clippers, obviously. They can't beat the Suns. No, well, the thing about the Suns, Tom, you're stupid for asking that. The thing about the Clippers <laughs> is maybe Kawhi will sit that game, and then it's, then that makes it, you know easier no if Kawhi and Paul George and Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams if they like pull a Wizards and they sit everybody I think then we have a 50-50 chance (laughs) if if their seven best players are out Uh, there's a good shot (laughs) this is like this is a good game to play for the Knicks if every team in the league lost their seven best players oh that's fine where did the Knicks make the playoffs Knicks got to keep their seven best (laughs) That's, that's, that's it's funny because at the beginning of the season, Jake's question was if every team lost their best player <laughs> with the Knicks, like how would they do? And now it's the seven best. That took a major major leap. but uh, That's good. Um, 500. The, the Knicks will be, when they play the Blazers, they'll have a four-day rest, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, three-day rest. 
So they'll be well rested from basketball, but not from life. Yes. So they'll be coming off a basketball hiatus of three days and a parting hiatus of about twelve hours or so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a good mix. You know, I just thought about it. Uh, we have watched the last Nick game of this decade. I what a, what a decade it was. We were good. <laughs> we were good for one season. And that's that's really all I remember. Good riddance. Spring on the next one. So Kenny said two and one. I'll say not two and one. Uh, what do you think, Tom and David? I think not two and one is a better guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's because you guys got three different options now. You got I know. Three and zero, oh, one and two, or zero oh and three, and I just got the one. Obviously, you have better odds. Well, you had the first. You had you picked first. And I don't know that 3-0 and is actually an option here, but I, I'll say I, – I mean, I'll take the obvious one, and I'll say 1-2 and two and say that they will go to Phoenix and win that game. Um, I think it's the one that they have the best shot at winning, even though I'm not looking at the Western standings. The Trailblazers might be worse. They're 14-19. The and 19. No, the Trailblazers have bounced back in have recent they? weeks. They got off to there. a really bad start, and then Melo's Mel- kind of turned yeah. around all by himself okay. with well. no other players at all. Um, wow. Okay, I'm looking at it now. They're yeah, like that's right. So, <laughs> all right, so so big baby David and Greg, that there's two more options for that you guys get to pick. One of you gets to pick zero and three, and the other one. I pick zero and three. There's a I'll pretty pick, good chance that they go zero and three. I'll and pick three now. I oh. think. Well, I think like I feel like zero and three is the most likely option. First of all, because it's the Knicks, um, but also just. Uh, I think Melo's going to be jazzed for that Portland game. I think the Blazers are better and playing better than the Knicks, um, which can be said every year ever. But uh, then the the Phoenix game feels kind of like a trap game because they're, uh, they're a sneaky good team, and it's the first game of the West Coast trip, and the Knicks don't do well in any games of any West Coast trip, generally speaking, uh, especially the first ones, and then the, the Clippers are – a title contender so if they're not resting their seven best players the chances are way less than 50 50 so i'll go three and oh so the suns <laughs> the suns the lost answer. lost eight games in a row and then they just beat the kings by two as i mentioned blazers um they're, they're they've turned it around but two they're still 14 and 19 still and, and they've suck. lost they've lost three in a row yeah, including, you know, whatever. Something just happened where Melo took the last shot when he shouldn't have. Although he got fouled, kind of looked like. But whatever, it doesn't affect me. He's not on our team anymore. So we're going to beat him. And then the Clippers will assume that they rest Kawhi that game. Load management. And they've lost mm-hmm. one in a row. <laughs> yeah. And the so. Knicks have won two in a row. So we've got Lady Mo on our side. Can I change my one and two? prediction no because no, we all no, had we an each option had to pick one all right so kenny i guess i'll go in order greg three and oh kenny two and one tom one and two david oh and three i'm, keep, I'm keeping track i'm keeping track of these whoever and is the most wrong is will no longer be on the pod <laughs> oh man i, I <laughs> wish i wish i picked oh. three and oh uh, <laughs> All right. I think that's what we got for this week, unless there's any final thoughts. I think we covered it all. We had a good talk. Next week, we'll talk more about Knox and Barrett. In the interim, uh, leave a five-star review if you'd like. We're still looking for Marco. If you want your shirt, please 
Please just tweet at us and we'll get it to you. Um, follow us on Twitter at Talking Nicks. I believe it's at Talking Nicks on Instagram as well. Tom writes good stuff at Tom underscore Piccolo, I believe. Um, he he does good stuff. Tweet at him. Tweet us questions. Talk to us. I think next week we're going to ask for questions. So if you have questions for us, just tweet them at us at any point in time during the week in case we forget to ask for questions. Other than that, Knicks 2-1, and one, back in the playoff hunt. Let's, <laughs> let's go Knicks. Knicks tape.